This Summer League Futures edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor and Circus Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. And welcome, everybody, to the NBA Gambling Podcast here on the SportsCam Podcast Network. It is time to get into some of the offseason stuff involving games because free agency is basically over and it is time to get into the Summer League action. They've played a couple of tune-up games, I guess you can call it, in the Summer League before they actually yeah. move to Vegas and do the official uh, bracket, so to speak. But I'm joined once again by Delonte Smith, and we're going to go through some futures in the Summer League. We're going to go through the actual winners, potentially, of the bracket who's going to win the championship they have odds on that and on top of that we also have some mvp odds that tells you how dgen uh the world is in 2023 i'm excited for it going through summer league mvp odds but delante how's it going have you enjoyed summer league so far uh, yeah man not bad um i enjoy summer league more than than the average person obviously so uh it's going good i mean a couple of blowouts but uh some really good games in fact uh, a good one going on right now that i'm looking at utah and memphis but yeah, man, it's been pretty good watching some of these guys who um, are projected to be, you know, I guess first rounders and go against the second round guys. And um, they're going a little bit. The second round guys are obviously going a little bit harder trying to prove themselves. So, yeah, interesting time. Uh, good to watch, especially if you're a Hoops fan. Yeah, I do want to ask you, though, just for before we get into any of the odds, I do want to ask, since there are four teams right now that have kind of gotten a head start on the rest of the Summer League, do you think that gives them an advantage or disadvantage? Because you might see some of the star players, maybe Chet Holmgren or any of these guys who were high draft picks with some injury history, are they more likely to play less games in Vegas because they've played a couple of games in, uh, for example, Utah? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's usually how it goes. Um, this is the first year that in Sacramento where it's been – um, four teams. So last year they was there was only two teams. So that's a little bit of an adjustment. And what they did was um, it was three games, if I'm not mistaken. And so like today, none of the stars are playing. Like Chet's not playing right now. Um, neither Jalen William, neither Jalen is playing. Um, uh, the guys from Memphis aren't playing. Like anybody that's a like you said, the second year guy who got decent rotation minutes or um, like was on a two way deal or a high pick in. Um, last year's draft, like a lot of those guys, they played first. Jalen Williams played the first game or two, if I'm not mistaken. Or he played the first game, sat out the last two. Chet played the first two, actually, and he's sitting out now. Uh, but I think the teams that will be playing in Vegas that haven't played yet, I think it's probably going to be some advantages to play against them in the first half because they just haven't played basketball. I mean, they've played, they've practiced, but some of these guys haven't played basketball like five on five since like March. You know, they've been doing a lot of individual stuff, but five on five and that's key, you know, especially in this setting. So I think it'll be some opportunities to bet against them in the first half um, and then come back on them in the second half or the second day if you get some value on them. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, but I thought it was worth asking because a couple of teams did get a head start. And one of those teams and one of the main standouts so far in very early summer league action in the California Classic was Keegan Murray, who went off for 41 points, and he was playing extremely well. So well that he's officially been eliminated from the actual King Summer League roster because they realize why are we even bothering? He's clearly good enough. He's too good to be here. First of all, does it surprise you he was even there? 
Um, a, a little bit, but again, I mean, I mean, okay, I can see both sides. I mean, they they say people say they don't want you know these pick these uh, high level picks playing in the first round. I mean, high level picks in the first round playing, or even if you're a lottery pick like Keegan. But again, if he's gonna get hurt, I mean, he can get hurt in a workout or whatever. They want him to improve on some things, so I get it. Why not play and fine tune your game against guys who are literally fighting for them, fighting for their lives to get on a roster or even you know a spot to go overseas. So. I get it from that standpoint. So I, I was surprised a little that he played as much as he did, but um, not so much surprised that he actually played. But because Giddy played last year in it, yeah. um, who else played uh, last year that I was really surprised that played? I know Giddy was one of the ones that played a lot. Um, I think Cam Thomas played again. Last yeah, year. Cam Thomas actually did play. Yeah, so it was a couple of guys that that played who. You know, it, it always happens. So I mean, I'm just happy that guys actually want to play basketball um, now. You know the length that they play. I mean, it's is up to them. But yeah, I, I don't look forward to. Um, I, I don't look uh, forward to seeing any of the higher picks. You know, like play the full length of summer league. But they'll get in a game or two, get their feet wet, get some competition going, and then they'll probably shut it down. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other standouts that are worth talking about. Uh, Lester Quinones. Quinones has been very good uh, yeah, for good. Golden State. Uh, he's had back-to-back 20-point games. Uh, Branham and Champagny have been ridiculous for San Antonio. They combined for 60 points uh, in that win against the Lakers. Finished the California Classic 2-0. I know Wemby people are still kind of waiting for, and maybe we'll talk about that with the odds, but do you think Branham and Champagny actually make it to the end of Summer League? Or do they just get dealt exemption because clearly they're too good to be here? Yeah, I think I don't think they'll make it. Maybe a game or two. Like like I said, I think that all the high priority guys that you just named off, um, and some of the other guys who uh, were drafted pretty early, and just Trey Man. Forgot to mention Trey Man. Yeah, Trey Man. Yeah, those guys. I, I think they'll play a game or two and they'll sit down. I don't think it'll be much of a. Um, a full length thing. I mean, because at the end of the day, you just kind of want to get the juices flowing, get them in some healthy competition, and, and get them out. You don't want to. You don't want to further anything, especially seeing what happened with like guys like Chet. You know, uh, he's played his two games, uh, had to hold your breath a couple times. He's fallen on the floor, but uh, he, he looked, he looked good, pretty, Yeah, he looked good. He looked real good. I mean, especially not after after not playing for what like a year and a half. Um, so. Give or take. Yeah, so uh, I think they'll end up playing a game or two, which is, I don't know, we'll get into it with the odds, but that's another reason why you don't want to take any of these short shots, uh, any of these guys that are high priority to um, finish out summer league, unless you're reading a report about uh, a certain somebody who I got at a nice number that uh, we'll talk about later. Yeah, before we actually get into any of the uh, official future prices, just one more thing. What have you been your first couple of takeaways, maybe from team perspective or player perspective uh, with regard to the early summer league action. I kind of rattled off some of the big performers who have played very well. Uh, I did not mention Brandon Miller, who can't stay out of foul trouble, but luckily <laughs> they've gifted him an extra five fouls in summer <laughs> league. So he's been able to get through the games. But just to ask you, any standout takeaways that you've noticed for the first couple of days? Uh, I mean, just guys being rusty. I mean, it's just uh, that's... That was to be expected by me. I mean, if you watch Summer League um, in, in depth, you'll see that, you know, these guys, they're just thrown together on a team. I mean, it's basically like pickup basketball. They've had a couple of practices together. But, again, some of these guys were doing media stuff, uh, especially the lottery picks. So they haven't really played any live action at all. Um, just walkthroughs, three-on-three, one-on-one, um, and just like skill stuff to enhance their individual game. 
So yeah, just a couple like couple of uh, teams playing sloppier um, than others. But again, they settled down. Day one was a lot worse than day two and three. So I think you'll see some sloppy play from those guys uh, or from those teams early on in Vegas, and then it'll settle down and everybody will get back to you know playing. I guess more free. So uh, I mean, outside of that, the play. I mean, you mentioned Miller. I think he's. Like if you didn't like if you were in the scoop gang, you were clapping your hands. If you don't like Miller, uh, you know, you're just letting the tweets fly. But uh if you are a fan of Miller like me, then you gotta kinda be on the back end and uh hope that he can put it together in Vegas. Well, but yeah, it's a pre- it's a pretty simple way to look at it. If you're anti a player and they play badly, then you brag about being right yeah. during summer league. Absolutely. If you're a pro player and they're struggling then you say it's summer league and it doesn't matter. So right. there's a couple ways to handle it, you know? right? Unless you got, unless you got two guys that you have right, but in that yeah. specific uh, in that specific order. So now you don't know which one to pick. So it's best to just wait until the end to give out your uh, your proclamations of, of what you think happened um, over the summer league. Pretty much, but those are the main takeaways I wanted yeah. to mention. I know everybody's quick on Brandon Miller's case. Yeah, uh, yeah. not as bad of a start to a career in summer league as Trey Young which is the all-time bad start there, and I think he turned out okay. So it's a little bit too early to hit the panic button, but I was concerned about Miller's defense, and that does seem like that will be a piece of, I'd say, uh, something that needs improvement, obviously, uh, in the early part of his career. But anything else you want to add for takeaways, or should we just transition over? Um, No, not really. I guess uh, we went through... Um, the guys, a couple of other guys who I who I noted that I just just briefly, just want, I don't even have a touch on, but um, I thought Castleton's played well for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Him and Hushafino, uh, I thought they played well. To Cravion Smith's playing really well for the 76ers. Late, uh, they signed him. He should have been early second round, I thought, but um, whatever. He's performing really well, like Kobe Jones for Sacramento. His role will get increased as Keegan's out. Um, Dominic Barlow, man, I don't know if you got a chance to watch him. He's Really good, athletic, big, uh, rim runs. He can clean up on the offensive glass. He was really, really good. And leave it to the Spurs to have three prototypical big men, like old-school big men on their roster, uh, and they played really well. And uh, also Keontae George is playing right now. Um, all those guys have been playing really, really well. I was I was impressed with those guys. I saw a Zaire Smith sighting during the Sixer game today. I forgot he only about played, that guy. Yeah, he only played three minutes in uh, game two, but he came in like within the first like minute and a half. He played. He, he scored five points. So Yes, and he nice. was the one who was traded for Mikael Bridges, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, besides yeah. that, though, my boy Kenny Lofton Jr. has been showing out, so oh, props absolutely. to him. Absolutely. Hopefully absolutely. he keeps playing well. Uh, but, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add. So before I actually get into any of the futures and try to talk about some bets, do you want to talk about our sponsor, Circa Sports? Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are are back $14 million in great guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Million is pretty simple. Five NFL picks against the spread each week. It's a leaderboard system, so if you do better, you make more money, and you get the point. Either way, Circa Survivor is picking one team to win every week, but the one caveat there, it has to be a different team. You cannot pick the same team twice, so you can't pick the Chiefs ten times. you got to actually be creative with it. But the last team standing, last person standing wins, or if you get to the end of the season, then whoever's left does uh, split the remaining prize pool. Usually a lot of money, a lot of overlay in that contest. But enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Game Podcast will be out there last weekend in August if you want to stop by and say hi to everybody. CircusSports.com for all the details. CircusSports.com. What would you do with the money if you won? I don't know about you, but I would celebrate by taking a long, well-deserved nap. What would you do with the money? 
I would probably. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I probably break just, bad it and just lie on a bed of money. Yeah, I probably do that, or either like go buy the the biggest boat I can and like sell off for like a week or two. Are you a boat guy? No, never been on one okay. in my life. Until until now, until until you win the contest. So there you go. Yeah, until uh, as for Survivor, yeah, it's still very early. I'll wait to see if any injuries happen in preseason. But fading the Cardinals without Kyle is probably a good option for the first week. But other than that, though, once again, check out CircusSports.com for all the details for the Circa Millions and the Circus Survivor contest. Welcome back, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Just finished going through some takeaways from early, early summer league action. Now it's time to talk about the most degen bets imaginable, the future <laughs> markets for the summer league action, and to read off the odds. First of all, we are not trying to prank you. You can actually bet on who will win the summer league championship. So going through the odds that I have available, there are a lot of teams out there. I'm going to stick with the main teams. I'll go for up to 20 to 1. And then after that, we can talk about some dark throws. But the Thunder are the favorites because they have about 5,000 draft picks and all of them seem to be good at 7 to 1. You have Portland at 9 to 1. You have Indiana at 10 to 1. You have Charlotte at 12 to 1. Detroit at 12 to 1. Houston at 12 to 1. Spurs at 12 to 1. In case you didn't notice, a lot of teams with bad records there because they got a lot of young talent. And you also have Spurs at 12, the Jazz at 14, the Grizzlies at 18, the Mavericks, the Magic, and the Kings wrap it up at 20 to 1. You have a lot more teams at longer shots. We'll talk about them in a second. But out of the short list I just gave, Delonte, what is one team, maybe one of the favorites, or I'll put it this way, what is the lowest odds you'd be willing to go on a summer league title future? Yeah, so I like Indiana quite a bit. Um, I think when we first talked, um, you you like you mentioned Indiana as well. I messaged them out of the blue on Slack. We have, a, of course, a, a group chat for this podcast, and you were talking about going through all the rosters, and I basically just said, "Am I wrong for thinking Indiana's roster is kind of nuts?" Right. And then you looked at it and you're like, "Yeah, I definitely think they're really good." But yeah. they were my pick. Initially. Yeah, are they? Um, well, I don't want to take your pick. What uh, what odds are they again? They're ten to one. Okay, yeah, so 10 to 1, that's what I got. No, well, no, I don't you can give your case, but that's oh, okay. they, they so, caught my eye. So Yeah, so um, one thing I look for in Summer League is decent second-year uh, guys, whether they be you know late second-round picks or um, late first-round picks who just didn't get in a rotation, and you know the high-level picks that they had this year. And some of the guys who are maybe coming from overseas or maybe free agents trying to make a way for themselves. And I think that this roster, man, is like loaded with guys. I mean, obviously, when I'm going through all these rosters, I'm not even accounting for the second year guys. For instance, like Benedict Mather and Andrew Nimhard are both on the scene. They're not going to play extensive minutes because they were rotational guys in the Indiana Pacers yeah. rotation for the regular season. So they're not obviously going to be in for the long run. But when you look at the rest of the roster, man, I mean, they got Kendall Brown, who's probably going to play. Um, a ton of minutes, really athletic out of Baylor. He was a number 48 pick in the 2022 draft. Um, you got Isaiah Wong from Miami who can basically heat up and score at any given moment. They got the second. They're getting, they're getting every rebound, right? With, right, because with they got Sheway. Right, he has yeah. a rebounding machine. Um, and they got the second leading scorer in NCAA history in Darius McGee from Liberty. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be out to try to prove a point. Because well, he wasn't he was, the second leading scorer. That was uh, Davis from Detroit. Was it Davis? That was Antoine oh, yeah, okay, Davis. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah, Detroit. McGee I'm, was I'm still mixing, really, really good. Yeah, uh, I'm mixing, I'm mixing those guys up. I'm mixing those guys up. Yeah, Darius McGee was the second leading scorer in the nation. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I, I was I was mixing those guys up. But either way, man, they got a great 
blend of guys. Um, I'm not sure about the King kid from um, the G League Ignite. Uh, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of his. But again, Jarris Walker. Um, what you're going to get with the first few games within uh, Benedict and Andrew Nimhard, I think they're going to bring a veteran uh, group to be able to get those guys through it. I really want to see what Ben Shepard does. I was reading and hearing about some stuff from him in pre-draft process that he was really killing it in five-on-fives. And, I mean, he obviously can shoot the ball from Belmont, was the number 26 pick in this draft. So I'm interested to see how he looks. But all in all, man, they got even got Isaiah Jackson out there, uh, who's the number 22 pick in the 2021 draft. And that's a big uh, who also can stretch the floor and rebound. So, man, they got it all. Um, 10 to 1, I think it's worth a shot uh, as far as a, a lower end um, price. Yeah, you mentioned Jackson. I like him as a player. I'm not sure how much he's going to play because he was kind of a rotation guy there yeah, for was. Indiana. Yeah. But they also ended up getting Walker, who kind of plays the power forward spot. They mm-hmm. still have Miles Turner. They got Sheboy, too. It's a little bit clogged. Jalen Smith also. I think yeah, Jalen Smith. Smith, too. It's a little bit clogged. So I am yeah. kind of wondering if Jackson will get a decent amount of run because they have a lot of potential power forwards that might be fighting for rotation minutes. So it might be kind of a tryout to actually get into the rotation for the regular season from the power forward spot. But Mm -hmm. I like the young talent they have. I thought Ethan Thompson was pretty good in college. Oregon State, I believe. I thought he was pretty solid. Uh, But I think that he can play well. Long, I like the Miami. Uh, McGee's very, very undersized, but he was a great scorer in college. So I am kind of wondering how that's going to translate, but I know he has talent. Sheboy is a monster on the boards who should do well in summer league. And they just have a lot of guys. Uh, I just think that when you're looking at this roster, I don't really see a weak link. I guess the argument would be the backcourt if Matherin and Nemhard end up getting scrapped uh, halfway through the summer league because they're too good. You can make an argument maybe that the backcourt could use some work, which would yeah, be an definitely. issue. But for the most part, I do like the overall makeup of the roster from top to bottom, which is why I thought they had some value at 10-1. to 1. And they also, one thing I'm looking for summer league, which is going to sound kind of counterintuitive, I'm looking for good players, but not great players, because great players won't live to be around for the end of summer league. (laughs) Like you, you want players who are going to contribute without getting promoted, and being scratched from summer league is a promotion because that means you're good enough to actually make the roster. So San Antonio is a team I wanted to briefly mention because they're looking at the odds and they're twelve to one, and you're thinking, well, they got Wemby. I just bragged about Branham and Champagny and how good they're playing. They have a lot of young prospects. I don't really like the Spurs in Summer League because I don't know how many of those three guys, if any, are going to actually play after the first two days pre-bracket in the warm-up games in Summer League. Branham and Champagny are clearly too good to be there, and Wemby might play one game because what's the point? He's supposed to be the next face of the league, a generational unicorn. So the Spurs I'm out on, but that's why I like Indiana, because Indiana's got some players who, once again, could get scratched later on. But as a whole, they have a lot of guys who I think are solid, but not good enough to be given the rest of the summer off. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's something going on with the Spurs and, and, and Wimbiyama. Like, I don't know what's going on, because... I think yeah, security slap Britney Spears. <laughs> no, not that, not that, but with the odds. So, um, we know that's an all time story, by the way. Yeah, it is. That's Definitely an all time story. Yeah. If you didn't know, when Benyama was chilling, I guess, in Vegas because they're there for Summer League, and Britney Spears walked up to him. And I, I don't remember if she like packed, like poked him on the back or he whatever. Said, well, he released something and said that she grabbed him. She grabbed him or what? I don't, I don't know, but it's Britney Spears, you know, like famous, all time famous person. And I guess security didn't recognize her. 
and just straight up slapped her in the face. And now there's a whole assault type of situation going on. What a bizarre story for Summer League. Right. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I your found first that story encounter, fascinating. Your first encounter in Vegas is your security guard slapping Britney Spears. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but yeah, so um, Spurs are interesting. Um, they had a bet up or with the with the odds up on DraftKings um, that I was telling you about earlier. It was the field at plus nine hundred, and then Wimbyama was the MVP at like plus eight hundred, which was absurd because he's only going to play like a game or two. Yeah, he's um, only MVP. So, right, and then they had uh, they had him at plus like eleven to one, and then they had Brandon Miller at ten to one. So it's all kind of it's all kind of things going on, and now they took it down and put it back up. So who knows what's going on with that? But I do agree with you with the Spurs. I honestly like the Spurs roster. Even without Wimbyama, Champagne, and um, and Malachi Brown, because I think Blake Wesley is going to get a lot of run. He was a high pick in twenty twenty. He was good at Notre Dame. Yeah, he was pretty good, but he uh, tore something. I think maybe a ligament in his knee, and he missed the whole season. So I think they're going to get him some run to get him back comfortable because he missed most of last year. Um, outside of that, I, like I said, I like their three bigs that they have. They got Barlow um, down low, also Bediaco from um, Alabama who is really, really good um, on the block, athletic. Uh, I forgot the other guy's name is, is escaping me, but they rotate those three in, so they're going to get rebounds. They dominated the Lakers on the on the uh, glass uh, last last night. So that's going to be interesting to see. And I also like um, – I'm, I'm blanking on his I'm blanking on his name, uh, the point guard that they had. I'm blanking on his name, but he was he was pretty good also at overstrating the offense. But, yeah, I think the Spurs are, are good value after they get – you know, get rid of Champagne, Branham, and, and Wimby. I think you'll be able to bet them on a game-to-game basis. But futures-wise, uh, not really worth it to play them right now because they're just obviously priced in for the Wimby effect. Yeah, I was going to say, if Wimby and Branham and Champagne are all scrapped, then you might get much better odds mid-tournament yeah, at like yeah, 30 to 1. So I wouldn't take him now. I don't see much value there. Any other teams you want to talk about? Maybe a team that you've seen before? Because at first glance, I'll tell you one team I'm not taking. I'm not taking Charlotte. I'll tell you that much. Charlotte looks like a mess. I'm not going to bother with Charlotte. It's crazy. I was high. I was higher on them coming in. Um, but they, yeah, they didn't. Have they didn't you pivoted good. completely, or you think it's still too early? Because they do not yeah, look have, good whatsoever. Yeah, they they didn't look good. But you know who did look good um, was Nick Smith Jr. and Amari Bailey. They both look yeah. good. Um, so I mean, I'm not all the way out on them. I kind of want to. Maybe they're saving it for. I'm all the way out on the price point. I, I just think that that's yeah, way yeah, no, too the price, low. yeah, the price, the price is outrageous. Yeah, now I need it. You know, at least twenty to to get there with them. But uh, they have a perfect blend of players. Like they have Najee, um, Kai Jones is playing really well on both sides. Um, the two guards, like I mentioned, Nick Smith and um, and Bailey, Book Knight, uh, McGowan. They all. I mean, they got a great blend of guys. They just didn't put it together for whatever reason. So maybe they can get it together um, here in Vegas. Uh, one team that I really like, actually two. I'll just mention um, the first one briefly. I like the Mavs at twenty to one, man. Um, we talked about a nice blend of talent. Their backcourt is probably one of the most electric backcourts um, in the summer league. Jelly Walker from UAB, uh, Mike Miles Jr. from TCU, both of those guys undersized but can really score the basketball. Uh, McKinley Wright, I don't know if you remember him uh, in the from Colorado. Yeah, yep, Colorado. He can score the ball, really can shoot it. Um, they got Lively on the outside. I mean, on the inside to protect. I like Miles Jr. at TCU. Yeah, love him. Yeah, love him. And they also got um, they're playing Jaden Hardy, man. They're playing Jaden Hardy and. From the reports, uh, I think it was a beat reporter for Dallas was talking to Jared Dudley, and he was saying this this summer league is all about Jaden Hardy. So I even got him at some eighteen to one to win the MVP. I know we'll t- touch on that later, but yeah, I think 
this this Dallas team is really really set up well to perform here. Um, they got Omax on the wing to be a, a rim runner. He's going to be defending. I like Chris Silva. Um, Braxton Key from UVA is really was really. Uh, I guess he he'll, he'll work his way into the rotation. AJ Lawson, um, who was on a two way contract with Dallas. So I think this roster, man, has the the ability to win it all if they can put it together, especially with that backcourt. We mentioned the backcourt struggles of um, of Indiana, but I think this backcourt, along with you know a couple other guys, like they got three guys that can really score, but or four if if you count um, Hardy as a I guess he's a combo guard. So four guards that can really score the ball. So I, I like them a lot, especially with the interior Derek Lively. He's gonna clean up everything um, on the glass. So. I like Dallas at 20 to 1, man. I'm trying to think of any long shots that I like. I'm a fan of Dallas, too, if Hardy does get a lot of run. So I think there's yeah. some value there. I think if I'm actually looking at who I think can make a somewhat deep run here, I might go based on some historical success. I kind of like Sacramento at their current price at 20 to 1. The roster itself, I think, is fine. Uh, it's a lot of guys who, once again, you're looking at who are solid, but not good enough to be promoted midway through the summer league. We saw that Keegan Murray was too good, so he's not even going to play a game there. (laughs) But you look at the overall roster, it's a lot of G League guys who are from the Kings G League system, so they're pretty familiar with the roster. But they have some good pieces. You're looking at the young core. You mentioned Kobe Jones before. He's been solid. Yeah, yeah, he's been good. Uh, But looking through, they got Jordan Ford, who I still like. Pretty short guard. But I liked him at St. Mary's, right? I thought he was pretty solid in college. I was always a Mike Daum guy from South Dakota State. Oh, man, he can shoot it. He can shoot it. Big fan of Daum. I always liked him. Uh, Kessler Edwards I watched for Brooklyn. He wasn't good enough for the NBA, but for Summer League, he should be fine. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to play that much either. Yeah. They got Bone from from Xavier, who I think is pretty good. The point is, though, when you look at the history of the Summer League, the Kings have actually done quite well. They won the title in 2021 and in 2014. I believe they're the only, actually them and Portland are the only two-time champions of Summer League in the Vegas edition. So if you want to go for some historical success, uh, teams that tend to do well in the Summer League and tend to take it seriously, I think the Kings are worth a flyer at 20-1. to You have any thoughts? Yeah, I like the Kings. I like uh, Kada from the big man. He's really, really good. I think he should make. I think he should make that roster. And, and Utah get State, he was solid. Yeah, I, he's still solid right now, man. He had a double double uh, last night, if I'm not mistaken. He's playing. He's playing really, really well. Um, he just can't keep his shirt tucked in for for whatever reason. It's always it's always out. But yeah, I think that's a good bet. They got strong guard play. Um, they like they got Soli Boom uh, at, from Xavier also. So mm-hmm. they got that backcourt going. With him and Kobe Jones um, playing together, reunited. Yeah, I like I like everything about um, Sacramento. They just if Kessler Edwards is there, then they do have a wing. But that's the only thing that I was worried about. Their wing depth is, is kind of thin. Um, and as we know, wings win in the NBA. So that's the only concern I have. But at twenty to one, it's worth a shot, um, especially if, if you can get some high level play from Kessler Edwards, who is he's cracked the rotation of several NBA teams. Like he played for the Kings, and then you mentioned he played for the Nets also. So. Um, yeah, I think that's a good. Va- I think it's a good value bit right there. I was trying to think of any other teams that might have been interested by. I thought about a super long shot with Toronto at sixty six to one. Oh, I'm not no. sure if Toronto's actually good enough though. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. But they have what a about Denver? That I find what about Denver thirty five to one? I like Denver's team. 
It was kind of just Toronto I thought about because Nor I like Norwell at Kansas State, but he's extremely undersized. Uh, Moses Brown, I think, is a really good summer league player. Uh, yeah, uh, Ron yeah. Harper Jr. could be good at summer league. I liked him at Rutgers. But oh, yeah, yeah once absolutely. again, that was kind of like a super long shot there yeah. that I don't think is actually going to win, but I tried to convince myself into it. Uh, you said Denver was a team that you were interested in? Yeah, I love Denver. I bet them at 35-1. to 1. Um, If you think about it, uh, Jalen Pickett is the perfect like point guard for yeah. this mm. system. He's got shooters around him. He's got Strother around him. Hunter Tyson. And Gillespie if he's healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gillespie's playing and I think he'll be a big contributor to that backcourt. So they got um Strother who can shoot it. Tyson can shoot it. Peyton Watson can shoot it. He's a second year guy who didn't get as many minutes. So he's gonna he's gonna be in there. Um they got the big man Grant Golden. You remember Grant Golden? Of course from uh, Richmond. Yeah man. Yeah. So he he's good. Um they he, got he was a, the lumberjack guy. Yep. Yep, they got a three and D guy um, from Virginia, Armand Franklin, who can play both ways. He can shoot. I, three haven't, I haven't seen the name Cassius Stanley in so long. I forgot oh, yeah, that man. he was even around. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a blast from the past. Yeah, okay. he's there. And then, uh, like I said, I like Armand Franklin a lot. Um, Andrew Frunk, who played with Pickett at Penn State, can sh- really shoot the ball. So I think they're loaded with shooters. If they get in the right matchup, man, I'm not sure anybody can match up with them. If they're hit, if they're hitting their shots, and Pickett's gonna, you've seen Pickett play. He's gonna spread the ball around. He's gonna, he's post gonna shoot you a up. lot of threes. Is what yeah, Penn he's gonna did. he's gonna post you up from from the free. I mean, from free throw line to free throw line, and old school, real Mark Jackson vibes with with Jalen Pickett. But I think it's worth a shot. Thirty five to one with the upside that they have to shoot. I mean, all it takes it's, it's not many games. All it takes is a couple games. You get hot, Strother, Tyson, they get hot and start shooting the the cover off the ball. Um, Funk can shoot it also, and Gillespie. Veteran, uh, he's on the two way, so he has some experience. Peyton Watson, who I think is going to step in and fulfill that some of that Bruce Brown um, role for them. Surprise, Christian Brown's not out here. Uh, not really, because they won a title <laughs> and he played some big minutes uh, in the finals. So yeah. you can make an argument he could have been, but now nah, I think he's pretty safe. But yeah. Denver, I don't mind at thirty-five to one. They do have some good pieces. I don't want to sound xenophobic here, but the problem I have with some teams, they have a decent amount of players from Europe who I just don't know anything about. Full disclosure. So if you're going to be giving some key minutes or if you're going to give some rotation spots to some players who played overseas, there's risk involved because once again, I follow a lot of sports. I don't follow enough European basketball, so I can't tell you how good Taz Sherman's going to be. I can't oh. tell you anything about Mark. Hey, Taz Sherman was at. Uh, he played at West Virginia. He's I remember good. West Virginia. But I'm saying yeah. I don't. I don't know if he's developed much while he was overseas. Mm-hmm. Mark he's Smith pretty much he's from pretty Germany. Much there's a couple of players, the Spurs are the same way, a lot of Europeans, and I, truth be told, don't know much about them and how they played in uh, other leagues. So I can't really use uh, any opinions about them besides what I saw from them in college three, four years ago, which yes, doesn't sir. really apply. But that's kind of the one problem I run into with some summer league stuff yep. is just the players from foreign countries and foreign leagues who I really just don't know much about. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Any other teams you want to mention, or should we just? Uh, no, no, that's that's cool. I think we hit on a lot. I mean, I can pro- we could probably go down a list. and I can hit on every one, but I, I don't want to do that. So let's just uh, we can move on to the uh, to the um, MVP odds. Yeah. So to go through the MVP odds, before we get into that, though, I do want to talk about our other sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, and they have the Best Ball Mania Four, uh, which is a very very fun contest because Underdog Fantasy is giving away fifteen million dollars in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a one hundred percent deposit bonus up to one hundred dollars. It's UnderdogFantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the outrights on who we think potentially could win the entire Summer League. Now it's time to actually get into the MVP, which is extremely dangerous because you might pick a player (laughs) who only plays two games and he's too good, and then you end up losing your bet because he got promoted and didn't actually make it to the end of the Summer League slate. But to ask you this, Delonte, you have the list in front of you. Yep. Do you want to just read off some names? We'll go from there. Yeah, I'll read off. I'll read off some. Um, probably up into. Let's see. I think like some. You could probably get up to 20, 22 to one. So I got yeah. Brandon Miller is the shortest shot. He's at ten to one. Um, Amin Thompson, Chet, Victor Wembanyama, Scoot are all eleven to one. Um, Asar Thompson is twelve to one. Trey Mann is thirteen to one. Cam Whitmore sixteen to one. Um, Jarris Walker eighteen. J- uh, Jaden Hardy eighteen. Champagne 18, Kaysen Wallace. Well, actually, I think it's Kassan Wallace. I don't know how he pronounces it. It's, I've heard people pronounce it a different way. I've just been calling him Kaysen. Kaysen's 22. Anthony Black is 22. Hendricks is 22. Uh, Hawkins is 22 to 1. Hawkins, 25 to 1. And your boy Kenny Lofton, 30 to 1. Okay, so I want to ask you this just so uh, we are clear here. You're not picking a rookie to win the MVP, right? Like uh, – you mean like a um, a high level pick? No, I'm marked. I'm marked off half of the half of the list. Uh, Miller, I marked off. Uh, Chet, marked off. Wimby, Scoot, um, Trey Mann is probably not going to play a, a lot. That's five. Uh, Champagne six. Kaysen Wallace, Hendricks. They haven't played in uh, in Salt Lake City, so I'm not sure what their deal is or if they're waiting to go to Vegas or whatever. So those are eight guys right there off of a list. So I mean. That's just being logical. They're not going to play that many games. Uh, I mean, obviously, the less games they play, the more value you have on the other guys. Um, so I think it's a pretty short list of guys who can make an impact. The hard part is you got to figure out who's going to win so they can get MVP. So I would say that's the hardest part. Yeah, just to ask you a quick trivia question, do you know the last top 10 pick to be named Summer League MVP? Last top ten pick summer league MVP. Um, no, I don't. That's a good question. The answer is Alonzo Ball in 2017. Really? Yeah. I thought they shut him down. 2018 with Josh Hart. 2019 was Brandon Clark. Uh, 2021 because COVID wiped out 2020. Davion Mitchell and Cam Thomas. They had co MVPs. And yeah. last year was Keegan Murray. So I guess Keegan Murray actually is technically the right answer. Uh. And actually, Mitchell was top ten, but that was a co MVP situation, which was kind of weird. Yeah, but the point yeah, I was is, at, I was at the Lonzo um, yeah. summer league. I should have said top ten. I should have said top five. I should have yeah. said top five. He was the last yeah. top five guy. Yeah, to okay. Win yeah, MVP. off the jump ball, he threw the he threw the lob to Brandon Miller. I mean, to Brandon Ingram. Yeah, and Ingram got injured, so yeah, he sabotaged Ingram yeah, to win yeah, summer league down. MVP. But yeah, yeah I, I just wanted to point that out because I do think when you're looking at the history of the summer league MVPs. You don't typically see a top three pick guy who is able to uh, play all the games, first of all. And there's going to be some growing pains, and you're going to see that happen. I don't mind taking somebody who's been in the G League or somebody who has a lot of experience playing against some of these uh, bottom competitions. So you mentioned my guy last. I don't know if I want to start off with him, but I'm going to bring it up. Kenny Lofton Jr. at 30 to 1. He won G League MVP, right? It's a good bit, man. I, I like I like. Did he, he won G League MVP though, right? Uh, did he? Yeah, I think a he did. A couple years ago, I think. I think he did, yeah. 
So I know what he's capable of, and I know that he played some games for Memphis last year, was pretty solid, some spot bench appearances, but I like the value of 30-1. to He's going to give it all he's got, and he's a real matchup problem because he's... I don't want to compare him to Barkley, but based on stature <laughs> and size, you get my point, you know? Uh, he's probably he's probably the size of a defensive Glenn Dave, <laughs> like big baby Glenn Davis. Like I'm trying to think of a good comp here. Man, he's huge, but he's got great lift though. Like he's yeah. got, like I, I seen him dunk one dribble dunk in the paint uh in like game one. So thirty to one. I think that's worth a flyer. That's all I'm Yeah, saying. and the, the thing about that is Memphis has a, a good team. Uh Laravia might not make it um through. I didn't see yeah. him on this list, but if he was, he would he would have been one of my um he would have been one of my bets. Let me make sure I don't see him up here. I'm pretty sure I saw he was listed, but he was pretty good in his opener. So I'm not sure if he's actually going to make it through anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure he is either. But well, you, you uh, said you were considering Hardy. So that's yeah, one name yeah. you threw out there. Yeah, I am. I'm considering him because I was reading some stuff and they want to center their basically their summer league team around Hardy. So that means he's going to be the go to guy. He's going to get all the shots. Um, and I think Dallas has a shot to win it. Uh, I mean, I went over it earlier. I think they got the roster made up of the right pieces. They got the interior. They got the guards. I mean, a little bit, little bit questionable with size of their guards, but I think their guards can score. Um, they're going to get out. They're going to run. Derek Lively can probably make up for some of the – I got high hopes for Derek Lively. I'm, I know my um, – I'm a Carolina fan, so some of my friends. I got faith in him in like summer that. league. I think I think he's a work in progress in the actual pros, but he should be good. Yeah, I got. See, yeah, I think I got I got a lot of faith in him, man. I got I got a lot of faith in him for um to be like Walker Kessler esque. Oh, yeah. So I think he can. I think he can be able to do that, especially on a good team like Dallas. But in this specific setting, I think he'll be able to block some shots, and he, I mean, he gets ten fouls, so he can be ultra ultra aggressive. You don't have to that worry is about true. That. That's a good point. Yeah, so you, you don't have to worry about that. Omax is really good on the perimeter. He also can um, rim run. He can defend one through four, five, depending on um, who it is. Uh, so yeah, man, I like I like Hardy to be able to get out there, get some shots up. He could probably average 25, 26 in this um in this summer league. So I like him at 18 and one. Real good value in my opinion. I, I know you mentioned Hawkes. I don't know if you have odd, what were the odds on Hawkes? Uh Hawkes was 25 to one. Um, are you pulling the trigger on that or you were just tabling it? Nah, but I, I like Hawkes. It's just that I'm not sure how much uh Jovic is gonna play, Nikola Jovic. Yeah. Um, and he's been somewhat of the guy. Um, Hawkins had that great first game, but he kind of came back down to earth. And, you know, Hawkins is not the guy that goes out and tries to hunt for offense. He's pretty much going to let the game come to him. So that's the kind of guy that you don't want to bet to win an individual award because he's not going out there seeking it. I'm going at Hardy because I know for sure he's going to go and get hit. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's on a younger team. He's going to be a lot of expect. He's going to be, I mean, a lot of expectations are going to be put on him. Um, so I wouldn't bet it, but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if if he came out and, and played really well. But he's not really a, a guy to go out and put up offensive numbers um, on a consistent basis. But a guy who I think that is capable of um, of doing that on a consistent basis, or would, that's going to have a big chip on his shoulder is Cam Whitmore at sixteen to one. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting. I am wondering how careful they're going to be because of the medical concerns in the past. So we'll see how he does. It's interesting. I once again feel like I'd rather take some guys who are not fully rookies, who actually have gotten their feet wet before, and I feel like that's kind of how I'm going to approach it. It is kind of interesting. One guy, I don't think this team's going to be that good, but it was a super long shot who was kind of an embarrassment, and people were calling him a bust immediately, and he was barely an impact player. I just want to ask them, kind of throwing out names here, any thoughts on Johnny Davis with the Wizards? 
I just uh, uh, one thing. I just don't know if they're going to be good enough for him to get it. Uh, oh, I get it. I, I saw Cam but, Thomas win though with the Nets, and the Nets were not good. Cam Thomas just carried them. I know Johnny Davis. He's got that is, ability though. He's got that ability. He's a top ten pick. He was better as the season went on. But it's kind of the point where he was one of those guys that I look for, who even though he was a top ten pick and he did make the roster at the end of the year, people called him a bust for six months. Yeah. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and I know that he's definitely capable in this setting of putting together some good performances. Can I see him having a Cam Thomas performance where he carries a bad team to the quarters or the semis, and he averages 25 points per game? Mm-hmm. I can see it. I'm just throwing it out there. I think Davis could be in line for a pretty good summer league. He doesn't have to be good in the regular league, but for summer league, I think it's a decent spot to buy low on a top 10 pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Johnny Davis, but he just was in the wrong situation uh, with Washington. Uh, he played, like you said, he played a lot better at the end of uh, at the end of the year. I was cashing his prop, his um, his points prop and threes prop over. Do you think Washington would bench him at some point? Because I'm not sure they would. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, they probably want to get him run. Like you said, he didn't play as much, and they were probably yeah. in tank mode anyway. But again, I think he'll be an intricate part of of what they do or what they want to do um, in the future. Because I mean, they, if you spend a high pick. So if you spend that high of a pick on him, I mean, you kind of want to see how he pans out with your, you know, your key guys. So I think he gets a shot this year. Um, there is a shot he shuts down, but I think he can make it all the way through. Um, They'll pair on, him up with Koulibaly, and maybe that could be your yeah, pretend backcourt of the future. Once again, I'm not sure Davis is going to pan out in the NBA, but this isn't really the NBA. It's Summer League, and you're going to give me right. a top 10 pick with something to prove in a Summer mm-hmm. League setting. I don't know if you have odds on him. It might be way up there for Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. Um, if it's see. anything north of 50, I think it's worth a flyer. Um, where is Johnny Davis? You can probably command F it. You might find it. Yeah, let's see if I can do that. It might not even be listed. I just Yeah, I don't think that. he is, bro. I don't think he is. Wow. I saw the name, and I thought it was appealing. No, he's not, bro. Antoine Davis is actually listed before him. The only That's two. The only two. Davis's is uh, Trace and then um, and then Antoine. That's it. Nobody else. Okay. Either way, I thought Johnny Davis. If you can find odds on it, it means it's going to be high up there because it doesn't exist. So I think Davis might be worth a flyer there for a very very good player who carries a bad team to a decent mm-hmm. showing for a Cam Thomas level MVP. Yeah, I agree. You have, you have any other players you want to mention? That was my super um, I, long shot in the weeds. So yeah, I don't, know if you have I, I don't have. A, I don't have a. Well, I guess I could have a super long shot. It's two guys who I think that could excel in this type of setting. Um, and it's Imani Bates and Jet Howard. I think Jet Howard's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I've been reading all the stuff about he was Did drafted he the ball too high. enough though. Yeah, I think he will because Anthony Black can't shoot, so he'll probably be more in the. I'm saying for ball mode. handling though, is Howard going to actually be a primary ball handler, or is he mostly going to be a shooter on the wings? No, I think he'll be handling the ball because if I'm not mistaken, Caleb Houston's on this roster, and he'll be probably though yeah, one is. of those guys. Okay. Yeah, he'll be one of those guys who spots up and shoot. Jet can he's a combo guard, um, good size. He got a good NBA size. He, he got good range. I think him and Black will work well together. Um, I'm interested to see how Orlando plays it. That, those are one of my sleeper. That's one of my sleeper teams, also Orlando. But I think Jet is going to be really good in this setting. He's a good one-on-one player. Um, he, now he's not going to pass the ball a ton, but you don't need to in this kind of it's in this kind of setting. Um, hey, Money Bates. I mean, we all know uh, one of the most highly recruited guys. A reclassified. Uh, had some legal troubles. Wasn't good at Memphis. Um, went to Eastern Michigan. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't think he was that good. He's from Michigan either, but he was. No, he better, wasn't. I guess. Uh, yeah, he wasn't. But you know, the talent is there um, for him to to perform. And like I said, I mean, he's a one on one player. Uh, he's going to get up a lot of shots. Cleveland's summer league team is not like loaded with guys who are going to blow you away. So maybe they give him. Yeah, the keys they're forty. They're forty five to one to win the summer league. So Cleveland's expected to just throw a bunch of guys together, and we'll see yep. what happens. Kind of yep. thing. Yep. So those are the two guys that um, that I would take long shots on, just in this kind of setting. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, or should we wrap it up? No, nah, man, we can wrap it up. That's it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the Summer League Futures episode. We should be doing some episodes for actual Summer League games, but it's so difficult to find odds at the right time to actually yeah. give out for the game. So we're going to play it by ear. We're going to try if we can. No promises, though, once again, because they post odds even hours before the game. So... I'm not sure how likely it is we're going to actually have summer league odds. But we're going to try. Either way, though, we had an opportunity to give out some futures. So hopefully we end up hitting some bets, and hopefully some of you tail us, and we all all make money that we can spend on the circuit contest. But anyway, find me on Twitter, at Show Radio. You can find him. Tell them where they can find you. Yeah, I'm at XX, Lante XX. If you want some more summer league degenerate stuff, I'll be probably tweeting out a bunch of stuff um, on the games. And, uh, yeah, once the, once the field gets limited and it's like uh, – you know, elimination rounds, that's when they'll be more strict with, with the lines. Um, but I think the first two games aren't really first game or two. I don't think they count towards anything. I think it gets into when it gets into the weekend, further into the weekend, um, that's when they start eliminating teams. So that's when they'll get a little bit more serious, I think. I haven't actually bet on Summer League in a couple of years, but I do remember a couple of years ago, I want to say it was like 2018 or 2019. I was on the ultimate heater in Summer League. I, th- <laughs> I, I was giving out YouTube picks on Summer League action. I went like 9-0. and or so. I was on fire in the Summer League, and then I just haven't gone back to it since. But it's going to be fun. Looking yeah. forward to it. I'm sure yeah. we'll play some bets. Maybe I'll mention something on Twitter. I know Delonte will. So if you do want some game picks and we don't have time for an episode, then make sure you follow both of us so you, we, you can get some last-second picks. Other than that, though, until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me.